0: Time now for the first half of your evening news here on KCIM. This is Abby Ward reporting. The Coon Rapids-Baird and Glidden-Rolston Community School Districts announced the finalists for the shared superintendent position yesterday. The two candidates were selected out of four semifinalists after the Tuesday screening interviews held by both school boards. One of the finalists is Michael Gossin currently serving as the elementary principal for Mount Pleasant Community School District. As principal, Gawson led the 68 district staff members in professional development initiatives and oversaw two school buildings with 350 students. Gawson is seeking his doctorate in philosophy with a superintendent license from Drake University, obtaining the degree this spring. The other finalist is Tom Ritter, who currently serves as the superintendent for Logan Magnolia Community School District. Ritter sir has managed the district for the past 10 years, marking his accomplishments as overseeing the passing of a $12.4 million bond that was issued in March of 2022. Ritter has also exemplified recruiting, hiring, supervising, evaluating, and training personnel in the Logan Magnolia District, and organizing one-to-one technology for every student at the school. The two finalists will be invited to the Coon Rapids-Baird and Glidden-Ralston school buildings to conduct final in-person interviews on February 27th with the school boards and a hiring committee made up of teachers, staff, students, and community members. After the interviews, a decision will be made shortly when both boards can come together, and the name of the selected individual will be released then. Once accepted, the superintendent will begin leading the districts on July 1st. Northwestern Mutual and Carroll held a round table yesterday afternoon with District 4 U.S. Representative Randy Feenstra. Feenstra discussed his work serving on the House Ways and Means Committee and his continued support of helping individuals invest for their future, just like Northwestern Mutual. Feenstra says the biggest concern is Social Security and how there will be cuts unless
1: things are changed. I'm on the Social Security Task Force in Congress. I sit on their subcommittee, and we realize that in eight years it's going to go bankrupt. And I told them that every senior is going to be cut 25% if we don't do something. So we've got to do something, we've got to act, and we've got to use private organizations also. So we're working through that because I don't want anybody to have a cut in their Social Security. I mean, I want to make sure we protect it.
0: Feenstra says Social Security should be an addition to money saved from individuals over their working years.
1: The bottom line is Social Security has always been a supplement. And we have to make sure that it's a supplement that there's extra dollars uh, that people have saved up when they retire so they can have Social Security and extra dollars from a supplement that they've achieved over the years.
0: One way Feenstra says the House Ways and Means Committee is looking to help the Social Security funding is by ensuring everyone, specifically the younger generation, knows the power of saving or investing their money.
1: The thing that we want to do is start with those that are starting first job, 21 to 25, how they can start saving in an annuity or how they can save through life insurance, but understanding because their Social Security might not have as much dollars in it as what our currently seniors do. So we have to know we have to make changes, but it's going to start at that early 21 to 25-year-old age and not affecting current seniors. But we got to do it in the next year or there's going to be effects in, in seven to eight years.
0: Feenstra's latest stance on Social Security is to punish and deport illegal immigrants who defraud or take advantage of receiving the funding without working themselves. Feenstra says, I will not tolerate individuals who break our laws and steal from American taxpayers. The Consequences for Social Security Fraud Act has passed the U.S. House with a vote of 272 to 155. The Greene County Sheriff's Office is asking for the public's help in finding a Jefferson man with outstanding arrest warrants for sexual abuse of a child. Authorities are searching for 33-year-old Alvin Aguilera-Flores of three counts of sexual abuse of a child for sexually assaulting two juveniles over a span of six years. Aguilera Flores was arrested on March 4, 2023 for second-degree sexual abuse but was released two days later after the posting of his $25,000 cash bond. Authorities are questioning if Aguilera Flores fled the country due to his request of his Honduran passport, ID, and his birth certificate. There is now a nationwide warrant for his arrest and his cash bond has been increased to $500,000. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Greene County Sheriff's Office at 515-386-2136. According to the latest report from the Iowa Department of Agriculture and AAA Iowa, fuel prices in Iowa rose for the second consecutive week. As of Wednesday, February 21st, the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline was $3.01, a $0.07 increase from the week but down $0.20 from a year ago. The national average for gas on Wednesday was up $0.01 to $3.27 per gallon. Retail diesel prices in Iowa climbed $0.03 to $3.83 per gallon, $0.23 below prices from last year and $0.27 lower than the $4.10 national average. Wholesale ethanol was unchanged from two dollars sixteen cents in heating fuel propane prices held steady at one dollar fifty nine cents per gallon. Home heating oil climbed five cents to three dollars twenty seven cents per gallon, and natural gas prices at the Henry Hub reporting site rose fifteen cents to one dollar and seventy six cents per MMBTU. And that has been the first half of your evening news here on KCIM. We will be back for more after these messages. Success in business is all about building a relationship with customers, understanding their needs, and be willing to work for it. Opportunities don't just happen, you create them. I'm Carol Broadcasting General Manager, Kim Hackett. If you have a desire to help people, develop partnerships, and to be a part of a fun team, we want to talk to you. If you are outgoing, organized, and persistent, we want to talk to you. If you possess these skills, an opportunity exists right now in our marketing department. Our client success is your success. If this is what you're looking for, then send us a resume at kim at carolbroadcasting.com. Carol Broadcasting is an equal opportunity employer. Tune in tomorrow morning during the 7 o'clock hour to hear from Chaplain Angelo for a rise and shine. Be inspired, reconnect, and reflect with a quick inspirational message. Tune in tomorrow for a rise and shine during the 7 o'clock hour, brought to you by St. Anthony Regional Hospital. Time now for the second half of your evening news here on KCIM. But before we get into those stories, let's take a look at a quick weather forecast with some weather facts. So tonight we're looking at mostly clear skies with a low around 32, wind gusts as high as 21 miles per hour. Tomorrow, increasing clouds of the high near 48, breezy with gusts as high as 24 miles per hour. Friday night, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming mostly clear with a low around 22. Winds could gust as high as 18 miles per hour. Heading into the weekend, Saturday, we got sunny skies with a high near 54, breezy with wind gusts as high as 22 miles per hour, and Saturday night mostly clear with a low around 33. Yesterday's high was 64 degrees, and yesterday's low was 24. Sunrise tomorrow will be at 7.05 a.m., and a record high was set back in 2017 at 70 degrees, so we're getting close. Not quite there, but I feel like by next week, we will hit high temperatures. And then record low was set back in 1910 at negative 13. Now let's take a look at your evening news. The Carroll County Board of Supervisors spent nearly three hours during their meeting Tuesday looking to trim the fiscal year 2025 budget. Last year, the Iowa legislator passed House File 718, which limits annual growth for municipal governments and many boards and councils, including Carroll County, are facing a tight budget this year. The supervisor started by reviewing a long-standing contract with Crawford County for Environmental Health Services. The board's analysts found the agreement came at a loss of around $40,000 for the county over the last five years. Environmental Health Director Carrie Kersey says the state is partially to blame for changes to service reimbursements to the county. In 2015, when that changed, how we had a couple really low positive years and then went, went negative. And I'm not going to say that that's the entirely the reason. Obviously, salaries have gone <laughs> up, insurance goes up, gas prices have gone up, all this stuff goes up. The twenty eight E agreement with Crawford County has existed in its current form for over a decade. The supervisors indicated they are not dissatisfied with the contract, but it needs to be updated to protect Carroll County taxpayers. The board then looked at nonprofit funding requests later in the meeting. Board Chair Stephanie Hughesman says this is a difficult discussion, but something has to give when the budget is squeezed. When I go home and I have to do our bills, if it's a tight month, guess what? I'm not donating. I'm not giving money away. So we do really, there are areas. This is a tight year. This isn't, oh, we have it. We can shift money and we can shift levies and we can play with things. No, this is a tight year, and I really hope everybody takes that into consideration. One of the first requests looked at closely was Carroll County Growth Partnerships' $87,400 request for fiscal year 2025. None of the supervisors supported the full request. Suggestions ranged from level funding to $82,400 to as low as $70,000. District 2 Supervisor Mike Anderson says supporting economic development is a priority for the board, but the supervisors and taxpayers need to know how that money is used.
1: I showed my frustration last year and obviously had multiple meetings with them because of that. And one thing is I wanted accountability, the same thing she mentioned. Uh, I had a few, I think maybe two months of emails of stuff that was going on. And after that, it was crickets. So I'm not against economic development. I understand business. I understand what you have to do to keep it going. But I just want answers.
0: CCGP is coming off one of its most active years in recent memory, which including the launch of Hub 712, Ragbri, and the state baseball tournament. The supervisors agreed to maintain level funding, but with the exception that CCGP would provide regular updates to the supervisors concerning economic development activities. Requests from the county's nonprofit daycare centers were also debated at length, resulting in fund reductions for all three. It was a similar situation for the county's libraries, which were reduced from last year's funding amounts. Senator Chuck Grassley is leading the effort in the U.S. Senate to permanently reauthorize legislation that bans the manufacture, ownership, and sale of firearms that do not contain enough metal to set off metal detectors or x-ray machines. The Undetectable Firearms Act was first passed during the Reagan administration and has been reauthorized by Congress three times since then. Grassley says since 1988, the Det- Undetectable Firearms Act has kept Americans safe by ensuring plastic guns can't be snuck through security. It's an important and common-sense measure that goes a long way to protecting our airports, government buildings, and other public spaces. Allowing it to lapse now would be a mistake. The most recent reauthorization of the legislation will expire on March 8 and is not included in this year's National Defense Authorization Act. Grassley introduced the legislation with Senator Jack Reed. A link to the bill's full text can be found with this story on our website. And that has been a look at your evening news here on KCIM. This has been Abby Ward reporting.